Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for September 16th of 2018. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Walsh for HockeyHeads.com. And we left off last week discussing the Pacific Division. And the Pacific Division was like, yeah, that's what you get for doing that one early. Because <laughs> uh, Max Pacioretty and Eric Carlson both headed west. And um, we're definitely going to get to those trades. Uh, But they do seem to impact the division that we're talking about because the Canadians and Senators, both in the Atlantic Division, and that's what we're covering today. So uh, discussion about those trades, I think we both agreed before we recorded. We're going to definitely talk about it, but it will be within um, those teams. Yeah, well, there's no point sort of doubling up and then getting to the uh, Senators and having nothing to talk about, really, is there? Oh, there's plenty, but yeah. <laughs> so um, Straight into the Bruins? Yeah, we did it alphabetically last week. Um, why the hell not again? So Bruins, um, better team than I gave them credit for last year, for sure. Yeah, and uh, upon that, I stand by going, they'll make the playoffs again this year. Um, Having Halak will allow them to play Rask less, and I think that's kind of important for them. Um, The roster looks pretty deep, and and having Charlie McAvoy on peanuts certainly will help take some of the load off uh, Zidane Chara. Yeah, I don't know why I slept on the Bruins, or yeah, the Bruins the way I did, because a lot of the... Statistical models like them, and I just, I don't know, something about the look of it, I just, it didn't mesh with me, but um, the models were right. I was, um, I took a chance on that one and didn't get it right. Um, I do think that if they get a hit in production on the the top line with Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand, that, that would impact things like they need to continue to to just destroy the league and and looking at both of us not being particularly high on boston last year nothing suggests from last year to this year that that won't happen that's the thing isn't it yeah i mean bergeron i have no concerns about marchand still young enough playing great hockey still dipshit but still a great player <laughs> and uh, Pasternak is one of the best young forwards in the sport. So he's only twenty two. Yeah, he that... uh, he'd be a great addition to Team North America. Except I don't think he's eligible. Nor do I think that team exists anymore. Uh, no, but no, he'd fit in perfectly on a team like that where the young guys get to play oh. together. Uh, but he is indeed European, so that wouldn't have worked. Boo. Um, and that contract is a great contract that they've got him signed to. I mean, it takes him through till he's 27, and um, the contract after could be a problem, but this is a win-now team, so really, I've started to work out in my head, those really long contracts that pay players right at the end of the contract, you just deal with it and play in the now. Yep. Um, another year should bring some improvement from Jake DeBrusque, who I thought did a pretty good job last year. Uh, Krug is still very good. You already mentioned McAvoy. Uh, Zdeno Chara is still good. I mean, he's not, like, unstoppable anymore, but 
certainly wasn't bad. No, but it, the having Krug and, and McAvoy could allow them some flexibility in regards to the type of minutes they give Chara. And anything that you can do to make Chara less fatigued at the end of the year, the better. They might burn some games just because Char is not playing in particular situations through the season, but this division's a shit show now, so that won't matter. They'll make the playoffs. And and Carlo's not half bad if I have the right perception. Yeah. You know, we're ignoring John Moore at 2.75, which, you know... I'll say this. I'll give him credit. Adam McQuaid got traded off the team. Uh, That's addition by subtraction. (laughs) It's so cruel. It is. It is. No, um, no, no, no. So they got better there. They got better at backup goalie. Uh, uh, their forwards seem to be decent. I don't know a good chunk of them, but DeBrusque. And I, I thought David Beck has played fine last year. Not it's, still good for the, the contract, but uh, from just an on-ice perspective, he certainly didn't drag the team down their biggest risk which was what I thought might happen to them last year and it's going to be the biggest risk going forward is that their three centres are all over the age of of 32 well they're 32, 33 and 34 so Bergeron is going to have a really flat ageing curve it's quite clear of that but you don't know about Craigie and Backus particularly Backus because his body has taken a fair bit of a pounding um as it's gone along. So I'm just curious to see how that happens. Yeah. They, um, and, and we, we talked to Locke, but Rask is one of the best goalies in the league. He, he's been consistently awesome for a long time. Yep. And only having to play in 55 games and not 65 games, I think will benefit Rask come playoff time. And uh, Tuka Rask is actually, you know, if you look at the careers, I, I think I would rather take Rask over Price, and that's going to make some people upset. I think Price has hit a higher ceiling in two years, like two really top-end years. But Rask hasn't had the floor that Price has, and his ceiling is not, it's within a standard deviation of, where Price hit his best, so... Yeah, so you're pretty sweet, basically, is what you're trying to say. <laughs> I, I think he's cons- has more consistency, and his top game um, isn't far below Carey Price's to the point where I would rather have that consistency at a higher level than the two... I don't want to call them flash in the pans, but like those two years do, do stick out with Price more than maybe... You know, the, people forget the beginning part of his career. He he really did go up and down a bit. Uh, and it's one of those situations where you, you, you kind of do have to give the Canadians credit for sticking with him because they did have to make a coin flip on, on him or um, Halak, and they went with the pedigree more so than the the instantaneous success Canadian that obviously Halak gave. Well, that's, yeah... Good point taken. <laughs> but Halak, you know, in hindsight, totally the right move. Halak was yeah, coming absolutely. off those incredible playoff years. And I was a little bit surprised that they ditched Halak. Well, I guess not surprised, but 
you know that that it's tough to give up on goaltending that's hot like that, and they did, and it wasn't yeah, the wrong I, move. No, 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 but it's a tough decision to make. Like that's a tough choice that one, and it's when they actually got right for a change. Yeah, Bruins have done pretty well with Rask, who I believe they got from the Maple Leafs for Justin Pog or something like that way back when. Yeah, the Leafs have helped a lot of teams out with their wonderful management. It's sort of changing now, but um, yeah, they're always brutal trades for me. One thing I have noticed, the Bruins are in good shape to add as well. They have $5 million of cap space. So if someone does go down or they're, you know, killing it and they feel like they want to add to the team some offensive punch or some more defensive security, it's there. They've got the space to go ahead and make a move. And they don't really have... Well, I take that back. Forward-wise, they were looking okay for contracts next year, but I see Chara's UFA, which I don't think would be a problem finding money for a one-year contract and bringing him back if he was good. It's the McAvoy and Carlo RFAs that might pose a bigger um, issue for money. Yeah. And just go for it now. I mean, you know, if DeBrusque and um, Donato uh, improve the way the club is expecting them to improve, um, that's the last years of their entry levels. And, you know, we've said on this podcast quite often, when you have players that are outperforming their entry-level deals, you need to make hay while the sun shines. And this is kind of the last year of all of that for the guys that we certainly know about with the Bruins. So I think uh, battling with Toronto and Tampa. Yeah, I think it's a three-horse race, really. Um, next alphabetically is probably one of the most interesting teams in the league heading into it not that uh, they'll be a cup contender but just uh, roster what's going to happen who's going to improve how good are the young players going to be uh, and that's the Buffalo Sabres they're a prime candidate to really benefit from what I was just talking about they've got three years of Darlene at under a mil I know he'll get bonuses and stuff and he'll probably cost him three mil a year what is it 3.2 or something like that on his contract um, they do have Cert- the, certainly doable. <laughs> yeah, they have the negative though of losing one of those years to the lockout. So that's going to suck balls. Yeah, that's not ideal. But but this team what's is not ideal set up. is not having them at all. No, exactly. But this team is kind of set up that if everybody plays up to their contracts that they've got signed, they'll they could win a hell of a lot more games than. I think a lot of us were expecting from last year. And they get some buried contracts off after this year, and they've still got some guys on cheapish contracts. They should be able to re-sign Skinner, Pominville's 5.6 leaves. So you're right, this is one of the more interesting rosters floating around, just to see where everybody slots in. So the Buffalo Sabres have one of the more intriguing rosters and it has a lot to do with the younger players it has a lot to do with some of their star players finally getting help so 
could see one of the better improvements points wise uh with the sabers they're they're just they're in a good spot i mean the players that well the newest player they've got in cheap for the next three years eichel will play up to his his contract skinner's obviously playing for another contract they're they're in a they're in a good spot they've got players around them now like you said that that can at least chip in and not have you know Eichel and, and well, Eichel try to carry the load and wrist line and have to play above his his skill set in the lineup. You know, you've got Dial in for three years at Peanuts. Um, they're going to lose a a year to the lockout, unfortunately. But this lineup is one of the more intriguing out of the thirty-one floating around. Yeah, and you made a good point with Ristolainen, who ha- hasn't had a good career to this point. If you follow certain numbers. He's, he's been one of the worst in the league. Um, I think that it's tough to evaluate players, as I've said before, on the teams that are that bad. So this is a big year for Ristolainen, and for me, at least for me, evaluating him, because I see a skeleton of a roster finally, to where if you don't see improvement, like what are we doing here? You're supposed to be good enough to help others a little bit and the others on this team are better than the scraps they had last year there will be some players that can make plays so he he's if he shows like he did for the majority of his career so far next year i i mean i already have concerns but that would just be um a huge red flags well, it'd be that sort of situation where you give up on a 23, 24-year-old defenseman and, and ship him off for something else. To Edmonton. They, well, why not? That's the most likely scenario you can do. Um, just get back Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Simple. Um, why not get McDavid? <laughs> okay. I've, you can't take that out of consideration. Um, it's, that's harsh. Um, it is one of those things where I look at this roster and it you know Carter Hutton I've got no problem with him coming in for the next three years um, it's kind of set up for him to end up out of the lottery well out of the bottom half of the lottery and be one of those teams that sort of skirts with the playoffs I mean the problem they've got is the three the three top teams in their division should absolutely destroy them for all the games that they play against them and the East have got some really good top-end teams and, and could probably really wreak some havoc against these guys, particularly on the, the second night of back-to-backs for the younger guys. Um, so we'll, we'll see see how it pans out. But I'm going to pay a lot more attention to Buffalo this year than I, I would have last year, absolutely. I think the Jeff Skinner thing is huge for Eichel because at the beginning of summer... You're almost, um, it was a stretch like, oh, Connor Sherry, well, there. I guess it's technically an upgrade. He played with Sid and led the league in points per 60 at even strength, but you didn't want to be there with that. You wanted something better than that to put with him, and, and they went out and got it. Yeah, and, and, you know, Sherry has always been able to go up and near the water. So, um, you know, he can spot, spot Phil that area if they have to and um, will probably still put up decent points per 60 which is all you can ask for from a player like that yeah Skinner 
Skinner's going to be a, a fun, going to have a fun year if he stays healthy. Um, I don't think many of his centers in Carolina had the playmaking ability of Eichel. Well, the two stalls would have been the best centers he would have played with, and the best one is a scoring center, and the other one's a defensive specialist. So he actually gets to play with somebody that is a scorer himself and a, a great distributor as well. So, yeah, I would expect Skinner to probably have his best goal-scoring goal year this year. Be disappointed if he didn't, if he stays healthy, like you said. So the big, um, well, there's a few questions. Uh, one of the bigger ones, can Casey Middlestat play top six center? Because uh, Ryan O'Reilly is not around anymore, and a big reason that they felt like they could do that is Middlestat. Well, Middlestat and, and Reinhardt, they're expecting Reinhardt to, to jump as well. So, um, still, still un- not even signed. No, still yeah. unsigned, but I'm not too concerned about that. No, he's 22. He's got no leverage. RFA, he's not done anything that says, pay me. So, um, But you're right. Middlestat is the reason that you could trade away all of O'Reilly and his wonderful attitude and his contract. So... Um, that works out well. His his offensive numbers, um, they don't really look great on some of the um, projections, you know, like college scoring. He was just about a point per game. But he was also a, a true freshman, if I'm correct. So he's really young, and I'm, I don't have those concerns with him. Middle stat. Yeah, I think yeah. even though his numbers might be lower than some of the elite talents that come through, I think he's just going to continue to grow and be functional at the NHL level. A lot I, of Buffalo fans are very excited about him, though. Yeah, he's he, even if he's like average, he, he's still, like, if I pay a ticket, I want to watch a guy like that. Yeah, I get what you mean. He does have an excitement level about it. So, super excited to see him for a full year. Sam Reinhart, as you mentioned, unsigned. We'll see what happens there. Also, un- undecided, will he play center or wing? I would probably well, have him at the wing. but They have enough depth at the moment that they could too, which helps. Gives them some flexibility. Yeah, getting Sabatka and Berglund certainly... I don't think was tremendous value on a Ryan O'Reilly trade, but that doesn't change the fact that the Sabres had horrendous forward depth, and those guys are at least a little bit better than replacement level, whereas the guys before were certainly It's It's one of those level. things that I, I've, I've had to adjust my expectations with trades, I, I think, in the sense that they're probably a really good example. Those two players are improvements on what they had last year, which means that trade, whilst you and I, when we look at it, you go, oh, the value of that's not particularly great. It's an improvement for the Buffalo Sabres relative to what they were last year. So it's a good trade for them in that concept. Um, that Berglund contract could be a problem, but they might be able to ship that off um, later on. Um, but yeah, relatively speaking, it's a better roster this year than last year, I think, substantially. Yeah, and, you know, they they might not... They're, they're still good cap-wise. So yeah, yeah, even, yeah. even 
if the Berglund's not giving you a great deal on that and he's still slightly functional, if they're not in a pinch, it's it's another NHL guy they have. I know that's a really glass-half-full approach to it. But, You've got to take it, though. Um, yeah, I think they're only going to go as far as the defense, though. Because they, they've really strung together some of the worst groups the last few years. Dolan is going to be great. I have no concerns about that. Ristolainen is the wild card here. But you'd think Scandella could at least be competent. The pro- And Jake McCabe is, I mean, hopefully with better forwards and with Dolan, um, he doesn't have to do as much. That could work okay. So I think I, I think the thing for me with Darlin is that theory, and this is amazing to be saying uh, about an 18-year-old defenseman coming in, but theoretically he can push everyone down one slot. I think he'll end up being their number one after about 10 games. They'll end up giving him 20, 25 minutes a night, right? So everybody pushes down the lineup one, and you might even be able to put Mr. Linen on the second pairing and reduce his, his difficult minutes and make things a little bit easier on him in that concept and give him a chance to, you know, prove what everybody in Buffalo uh, thinks and hopes that he is. Um, Hunwick and Bogosian could be big anchors, though. Like, I like Zach Bogosian, but nah, he, he needs to be a... Yeah, well, he needs to be a bottom-pairing pair, bottom guy. And, yeah, he might not be that anymore. And that's the problem. And you're not going to ship him out at 5.1 mil very easily. So, you know, they've still got a couple of things floating around that, that could be a problem. But, yeah, if they're, if they're back, if their back half of the, the team can get the puck at least in some control to the forwards, um, they'll, go, they'll go a lot better than last year. Um, they also have Brendan Goulet, who was one of those tweeners that got stuck like Daniel Sprong going back to juniors as opposed to playing the AHL time. maybe yeah. AHL hockey. So he's one of those Derek Pouliot situations where you don't know what you got. They they play a certain way. I, I personally would throw those guys in the fire, see what happens. But we'll see. I haven't I'd be lying if I was said I was paying attention to NHL training camp stuff right now because it it just doesn't interest me at all. Oh, what? Training camps on? I would never have known. Well, I'll say this. Buffalo's is more interesting than Pittsburgh's by like a thousand percent. (laughs) So, um, that's another defenseman who who has played in the NHL, I believe, a few games. Yeah, I recognize that name, and not just from you saying something similar last year. (laughs) So, that'll help. Alex Nylander... um, Thought I had a coworker bring him up and say he's been crap the since he got drafted, but he he's playing a little bit better now. Again, training camp, we'll see. You know, you gotta see him playing against real competition before you can. Uh, but getting anything out of Alex Nylander at this point would be uh, just a bonus because. Uh, for eight overall, he, he hasn't been good in the AHL. In fact, the games I went last year, he was on the fourth line. 
Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> so, not great. Um, so, so, it would be great if he flipped the switch and they could get something out of that. Well, that remains to be to be seen. So, yeah, Buffalo. Well, as we'll find out when we start talking about um, more of the teams in this division, they'll be fighting for that four spot. They at least are on an upward trajectory, unlike the uh, next team that we're about to cover. Is it Detroit? It is. Yeah, they're a sad franchise right now. Well, it's sad that Zetterberg is retired. I like him. I like yeah, watching so him. I. Um, I I did look up <laughs> something pretty interesting though for as bad of as this back has been, and I and I want to say that hasn't his back been mentioned even when he was playing. Yeah, he hasn't missed a game in forever. He's played in every game the last three years, and then the year before that, he only missed five games. Yeah. You could tell that it was bothering him, though. He was playing through the back. You could see it when you'd watch him play. Yes, and I can't fault the player, but if he doesn't want to go, he doesn't want to go. But I I also think if he was making $7.5 or whatever... He'd be coming back? Yeah, because his cap hit is not the same as his straight cash. Nope, but that's why these con- those style of contracts have uh, been outlawed, haven't they? Yeah. But he was great for 15 years. He was outstanding. Um, that take a defenseman wide and slip the puck underneath the guy's stick as they're reaching trying to track him down and that one shot like it would be a fluid shooting motion on that deke he was the best at that that's what i always uh remember him for it's it's funny i know everybody well datsuk was datsuk in regards to his two-way play was amazing but zetterberg's ability to to work in both directions um is what made detroit so good for so long um their ability to have a one-two punch down the middle that that was, you know, so responsible um, yet so challenging to defend themselves uh, is a testament to to that particular era of, of Detroit hockey. I know they had Lichter for for a lot of that, but their uh, their back end started to fall away significantly, and um, those two players managed to uh, drag this team a lot further than I I thought they'd be able to manage. Yeah, so be weird not not having him around this upcoming season. I don't really see much else other than mediocre to crappy forwards on a hundred year contracts with no movement clause. I mean, the bright sparks locking, but even that's you know he's not a player that I think's a put the franchise on his back and, and go for it. He needs a lot of help, which there's... It'd be great if he was Jeff around. Skinner. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he, he, but Jeff Skinner alone can't do it. I feel like it's yeah. the same thing. That's Yeah, the, compar- the comparison's good. You're, you're right. You know, it, McDavid, I don't think, would be able to drag this sorry franchise along. If he can't drag 
you know, the Oilers along. No one of his caliber is going to drag this this franchise along. And they have they have sort of kind of declared that they're deliberately trying to sort of move in the other direction. I mean, Franzen's not going to play this year again either. I don't think is he. Oh, he's I, he hasn't played in forever. Yeah, I could never remember. It just shows you how many games I haven't watched of of this team. They're difficult to watch now. I don't think uh, this might be at least the third year he hasn't played. God, memory like a sieve. He was good, though, in his day. He was pretty yeah. good. Um, yeah. But I like Mantha. But they kind of jerked him around in the minor leagues for a while to prove himself and all that rubbish. And that works when that works when you had the lineup you had, you know, back in the... You know the 2000s to the 2012 sort of thing, but after that you can't go. You got to get him in and find out quickly, or, or just let him play and learn. Like, what's the damage done at the NHL level? Coach's job. Yeah, I suppose that's always at the forefront, and that's usually what I think dictates those decisions, which I, I find frustrating. But I do kind of get it. But I I don't know what else to say. The, they're going to have a rough year. They're the I, I I can't consider them a playoff team unless players are going to do things that just don't stick out to me right now. Unless they play above any expectations for me. That's what That's I mean. But it, it's, it's yeah. got to be like half the team at least. Yep. It's that's be a, that's a lot to ask for. Yep. And nothing, nothing about it says, oh, maybe they'll regress back to the good or something like that. There's nothing weird at play here. It's, it's not a great hockey team. No, and that's that's legitimately okay. You have to be bad to get young talent in the draft and then move forward. There's nothing wrong with that. I know Detroit have always sort of managed to, you know, before the cap, just buy their way through that period or, you know, draft well while they had a, um, a monopoly on Europe but you know other teams sort of caught up and uh, they don't have that that breeding ground on their own anymore so yeah maybe maybe they'll have a new GM famous one we'll get to that yep we will <laughs> and I'll talk about why I think he should pass but We'll get there. Yeah, he'll get to the Sasquatch. It's okay. Uh, let's see. Florida. Team that I so, want to root against for obvious reasons. But not necessarily but against the individual players. No, that's true. Um, but another team that benefited from the shit show of the Senators. So. Oh, definitely. You know, that's. Like, remember that trade? Like how long ago that was? Like it wasn't that long ago. And great trade for Florida <laughs> and and the Sharks for that matter. Yeah, like they're, they're like, okay, sure, you don't want to trade in the division. <laughs> well, we don't want this guy I, either. So yeah, they'll work. Teams will suddenly work that out and just trade in division eventually. Although It'll have to happen eventually. Uh, I guess I guess they. They couldn't have made Carlson work if 
he was on there though. So I was just trying to envision the sharks with Hoffman on it right now. <laughs> They'd be pretty damn good. But wow. I don't think the money yeah. uh, could work. So uh, probably probably not. You're right about you. You are right about this roster. There are some players on this roster that I would like to see do well, but the way this team went from being stats guys team to old school Canadian built team it's like a yo-yo I have no idea what to expect out of these players because it's going to come down to what style of hockey the coach is going to let these guys play yeah I mean guys like Barkov and Huberto Barkov especially he's absolutely tremendous and I you know bitch about the shootout all you want but I'm not turning the channel when he's going in it. <laughs> no. <laughs> so That's a very good point. But he's a really good player on a really good contract right now. Huberto is good too. Hoffman, um, you know, maybe he doesn't judge character all that well based on his girlfriend or fiance. But hockey-wise, he's pretty good. I like rooting for Trocek. I think he's decent. Nick Bugstad's kind of... Uh, Kind of that guy that never was. Didn't quite get there. And he's at that age now where he is what he is, and you have to slot him into the lineup comparatively to that. He's Don't like he's like their Oleg Kavasha. Well, now there's a blast <laughs> from the past. Just a big righty that you could tell had a little bit of talent, but just slugs their way around the ice. <sighs> If they play him on the third and fourth line, that's fine. But if they try and push him up into the top two lines, when the top two lines are full, like when there's no injuries, that's when they get into trouble. You don't have to... As a coach, you shouldn't be justifying the cap hit. Play them where the skill set pushes them to be. And, and, you know, quality third line center, I would suggest, as opposed to a borderline second line center. And they don't need to push him up anyway. They've got the depth through the middle anyway now. Um, Dadnov, good. Intriguing. So, I mean, the bottom six, they actively pursued Troy Brower. So, I don't know. I mean, that that's the kind of stuff where you're just like, this this team could have been more than they are. Yes, and at least they didn't like pay him two mil or something like that to be that player. You're exactly right. Signing shouldn't have happened, but I mean, I suppose their their cap space dictated the fact that they couldn't really overpay for him. But yeah, stupid decision. Ekblad's going to need to have a healthy year. Yeah, and show that he can excel without Brian Campbell. Well, Yandel's the same kind of player. Yeah, but Yandel's older. Ekblad was a number one overall pick. No, no, no. What I mean is that the same kind of player as, as Campbell. So if they pair them up, theoretically, it could work like Campbell did. I think Campbell's more cerebral than, than Yandel, but they both have wheels. 
until Campbell's sort of fell away on him. But they both have wheels. They both like to move the puck. That was an environment that Ekblad did succeed with. So you hope that it brings the best out of him. I mean, I don't blame the club for signing him for what they did and how they did that. Um, but yeah, he has to play up to that contract. They can't afford to have him drop off. Um, splitting Luongo and Rama would be would be good. Yeah, they're both decent. Yeah. I, I guess I mean, Michael Matheson's going to have to pan out. That seemed like a real stretch. One of those, I'm really betting on you improving, and if you do, this is a great contract. But if you stay where you exactly are, it's not so if great. If I ever paid for it. I mean, I get the risk part of it. It's just I'm not so sure that's the player. You're not sure the reward's going to pop out out of it, yeah. I like, I love the concept of taking a risk on that kind of mid-tier player before he gets... Um, you you can see where it's tracking and, and go in on it. I, I just, I don't know. I think Nashville does a good job with that. It's, it's funny with, with Nashville. Um, I think they're kind of lucky in that the collective nature of their defense allows every player to play up and above their contract value just because that group is so good that if somebody does fall away for a little while, they improve, you know what I mean? Like, they have that that wiggle room, whereas there aren't any teams, maybe San Jose, there aren't any teams that have that kind of space. Like, this Florida team has no wiggle room whatsoever with their back six. Yeah. They will be fighting for that number four spot as well. Yeah. They'll be in that mix. So. I, I think I, that number four spot's by default with this division, to be perfectly honest. I think yes, yes, three it really up, there's, is. There's three runaways, and then it's whichever team of the worst ones in the division beat the other ones the most. Well, I can tell you who's not going to be in it. Or maybe... <laughs> never nope. mind. Montreal snuck in there. <laughs> Although they're not very good either. I thought nope. I thought the Ottawa was next for some reason. Um, Carey Price has to have an MVP year, and I still don't think even that's enough to drag this sorry-ass team along. I mean, that, that probably would be enough, because it seems as though when you get that 938 goaltending, it's really tough to fuck it up. But... I'll say this. They obviously traded Pacioretty. I don't think they did a terrible job, all things considered. Getting to the point of having to trade him because you're being a jackass, is is I'm going to separate that from the argument? Yeah. They're already in that situation. I think they did well to get what they got. Well, putting themselves into that situation, yes, the return is good, but they should never have ended up where they did. Especially with Pacioretty's contract that got signed. The five years, I would... That's that's a fine. That's fine. Yep. An eight-year one to him, not not good, but... Which is what I thought... Or seven-year would, would have been the max, I think. But I thought for sure he was going to get a max term deal and it didn't happen 
No. Which oh. makes... Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't understand what this team's trying to achieve. Oh, well, the you GM's a fucking dipshit. Because you go out and you get Shea Weber, you're basically buying in on the roster you've got. No, but you're not, because up... he, Bergevin, thinks he's going to be useful the entire term of the contract. <sighs> like, he doesn't think that, like, Weber is going to fall off the table soon. He thinks like, he can be... outweigh like a rebuild and Weber will still be there waiting just because he's under contract. I fully believe that. He can't even get him healthy now. You know, I just, I don't, yeah. It's just... uh... I mean, you don't come back from that trade and they haven't. No. And... You know, doubling down on Carey Price for that contract is ludicrous as well. The He'd have lost his job if he'd let Price go, though. Which, <laughs> trading him and getting a, a stuff back, it was the move. I think I talked about it before his contract nope. was up. Absolutely. You knew what this contract was going to look like. How's a goalie supposed to play to ten point five million every single year in his thirties? Like maybe twice because he has shown he can win a heart trophy, but he's in his thirties, he's injury prone. Like there's just no hope of that being good in the short or long term. Well look at Lundquist. You look at what his contract was when it signed and how awesome he's been, but to have so much of the Rangers cap tied up in a goalie is really, really hard to play up to year in, year out. And everybody knows Lundqvist has patches where he just doesn't play up to it. I mean, he makes up for it by all means. But Carey Price seems to have a habit of if he has a bad year, he's having a bad entire year. If he's having a great year, like you said, his ceiling is incredible. But you're asking a goalie who plays a butterfly style, who has already had a history of injuries to play up to 10.5 mil 31 years and beyond, uh, at the age of 31 and beyond. So Yeah, it's the beginning of the contract of a max term deal. Yeah, so that's through to what, he's 39 or 40, depending on whether he's turning 32 this year. So, yeah. 2025-26. This team. <laughs> it seems absurd to be throwing those years out there. Um, this, this team just frustrates me. Like it's not it's not fun to talk about because it feels as though every move that they've made they've lost. It's comical. Oh, He's uh, terrible, terrible at his job, just the worst. And, and you are right; they did okay out of the patch already. Trade considering the situation they are in. Yeah, getting but Suzuki still, back was good. You know, and Tatar is one of those players that you just don't know what you're going to get. But you know what? He'll be good on their power play. He's middle six caliber player. Um, Suzuki had a hundred something points in his last OHL year in like sixty games. It was probably a overage year, but you know those are that's what you would want to see. 
Well, you'd hate to see it. Like, if he's <laughs> in that league, that's what you... Like, he can't not be in the league. And he produced at a very high rate. So, prospect-wise, decent. I guess the the glass kid might be Las Vegas's top prospect. But Suzuki's right there. I think Suzuki was their first ever first round pick, wasn't he? Was he not? Yeah. So, and that was like fifth or sixth overall. And they've they've in Vegas have really bought in. Though we're going to go with the whole let's build up a prospect pool. But you know, last year has pushed them to the point where they're going to go back and do it again. And the team we're about to discuss pretty much fucked themselves over after a magical run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Are we transitioning? Oh yeah, let's just get away from Montreal. I there's I don't know what to say. You got anything else? No, let's fucking rip on this team. You know the the biggest problem they have is that owner is well, or or the the fan that gave him a liver. One of the two. Third biggest problem they have then is that grayed out first round draft pick for the 2019 draft. That's their biggest problem. Yeah, I was going to try and insert a punchline along the way. I felt like that was going to be a layup. But yeah, <laughs> I guess you can't hide that, that fact for long when you're talking about one of the just most pitiful rosters in the NHL. And you, you know, you get. let's say the owner wasn't a complete piece of shit. And Carlson just wanted to go because the team isn't, caliber and it wasn't ending on these sour terms okay fine we'll trade you we'll be proactive about it we'll get a better deal than we (laughs) better deal than they certainly got and then you can rebuild because you're probably gonna get the first or second overall pick maybe even the the good one the jack hughes pick (laughs) but your fucking crackhead owner thinks you know, can't decide whether they're rebuilding or going for it, and in the heat of the moment, decides, hey, let's get Duchesne. We're going for it. Here's our first round pick. And then, like, like you said, you let off with it. That that playoff run was the worst thing that happened to him. Well, you know, it wasn't the worst thing that happened to them. Sure the lack was. of evaluation of their roster was the worst thing that happened to them. An owner that saw the dollars of more playoff revenue. Yeah, but that result that happened to them. Yeah, but I, I I don't know what to think about Dorian. I don't because he is don't not pulling, He is a puppet. Him. Yeah, he what's there to think? So I don't know. I don't know whether the guy can, I mean, can more power to him. He's making at least six figures. Yeah, but he's, I, I can't well, say seven because he works for the fucking cheapskate. It's true, but. but I, I'm not going to begrudge him in that salary. I mean... No. He, he sucks at his job, but, like, you know... Does he? Yeah. How do you know that? I, I don't... Because I don't, the I only think kind of literally... man that would accept a GM role under Melnick in the post... Because Brian, Brian Murray had clout stature. He could do his thing to a certain extent 
and not be a, a puppet or just rubber stamp everything. I'm sure he was limited at times, but he wasn't a complete phony puppet. No, this is and I think absolutely true. Melnick was probably sick of having to cede some power to Murray, and obviously I don't think they wanted it to, the tenure to end the way it did with the of cancer course. thing. But he certainly wasn't going to waste the next opportunity to get a fucking some schlep in there that you know is just going to do whatever money moves the guy wants. Yeah, no, 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 I fully understand all that, and it's true. But you get there and say, Dorian's, you know, making some coin now. I don't think he'll get another GM role after this. He'll have to go back to scouting. I, 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 don't, think somebody... I'd, I don't think I'd want him doing that either. Yeah. I don't have any faith in them nailing these picks. No, 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 nor do I. And we haven't even got to talking about the actual fucking roster yet. It shows you how much of a tie fire. No, there's it is. nothing there. There's nothing there. Um, I mean, two of their better players can't play, Gabrick and MacArthur. <laughs> if you rewind the clock, yeah, that's a good point. Um, Duchesne's obviously good. Mark Stone's great. Duchesne and Stone are both UFAs. Like you need to trade them. You need to start thinking about that right now. And so quite frankly, the... I don't even think Mark Stone would be good enough. I think Colorado would still say, yeah, we're going to take the chances on Hughes. Oh, God, yes. You yeah. absolutely you do. You've got but a that, chance that to just goes to show how fucked up trading that pick was because Mark Stone's awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. You and... get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean he's that's he's the technic- piece they are lacking. The Sabers pick from last year that I suppose makes all of this worth it. That's the yeah. Think about how we talked about the Sabers because Dolan's on the team compared to what we're saying with Ottawa because they just have no, they don't even have that puncher's chance at a player like that. They just traded their best asset for dog shit. I don't. The best player in their franchise history, might I add. Yeah, I know. I know about the other guy. Yeah. Um. And, and like, treated him like shit out, out the door. Yeah. Like, what about Eric Carlson does not scream, like, just good person, does good things uh turn that hoffman thing into i think him and his wife do like a bullying charity or something along those lines like the best defenseman in hockey totally content with staying in that market like he wouldn't baffling he would have resigned if this wasn't such a shit show I don't know. Yeah, he would have. I guarantee if they were mediocre, he'd sign there. I don't. But they I treated him like shit, and they're a gong show. So, I don't know what to do with this team. Yeah, so why don't we talk about the Sharks? <laughs> I mean, I respect it a ton. 
motherfucking Doug Wilson goes, yeah, we did that Hoffman thing to you. Now let's fuck you over on Carlson. What do you say? Okay. <laughs> Man, just... the Ottawa area no, it... code, it, the the trigger finger on Doug Wilson's phone hand, it's got to be <laughs> quick every time that area code comes up. Yeah, if he if he doesn't re-sign there, this trade for me was still worth it. Yeah, absolutely, because they are at the tail end of their window, and to Doug Wilson's credit, he is acting like it. Yeah, fallout's going to be messy, for... but this is the window. There's no extending it either, because even the middle tiered guys are like thirty two, thirty three. Like Joe Kowalski's yeah, old. It is one of those things where the, the back end of this, which could be, like, it could be next year where it gets really, really messy. He could just walk. You know? It's not going to be his mess to clean up, I don't think. If he doesn't want to, he'll just go, no, I've had enough, thanks, and just go. So, I mean, there are a lot of players off the books next year. I can't believe we're going back to San Jose. There are a lot of players coming off the books next year as UFAs and RFAs. Um... So it could be a very different roster next year, but you know, I, I what think do you Thornton, doing? as long as he's still competent, you are guaranteed to have his ear and not overpay. At least, yeah. at least drastically. Yeah. Now Pavelski is the interesting one. He's coming off his six mil a year. He's gonna. He's in his mid thirties. Like. You giving him a five-year deal? Just to, and if to you kick are, at it what the you, next two or three years? And if you are, is he going to ask for more than six because it's a shorter deal? or And then you start getting into that, how do we fit everything in? Well, they it's a now team. Burns, Vlasic, Carlson. That's pretty mint, by the way. <laughs> yeah. They, look, they, yeah, they've gone all in. In a division that um, is uh, a raffle, you know, we said it last week. It's a bit of a raffle. So what they need to do for the power play is do a rotating from overload to umbrella with Carlson at the top of that rotated umbrella, Burns on the left circle, um. Gosh, I wish Joe Thornton would shoot more because on the left circle he wouldn't, or on the right circle he wouldn't be half bad uh, facilitating and taking the occasional one timer because that motherfucker can shoot. He just doesn't. And you, you can't. You, he's not going to change his spots at this age, <laughs> unfortunately. So maybe I don't know who you put there, but you know, at, le- at the very least, Thornton on that side down low, maybe in the role that I like sit in so much. Yeah. You still got Pavelski being a bulldog up and about. Like, they've always had a really good power play, but um, Burns shoots a ton, and and I do like shooting on the power play, but I, I think Carlson patrolling it up top and giving Burns probably better looks than he's gotten just because of the respect that Carlson would draw it will be a marvelous thing to watch. And look, being able to get on the rush on the power play will help too. 
if you get what I mean. Like mm-hmm. face-offs in the defensive zone. Carlson can move the puck better than anybody else on that team now. And, and it's not that they were bad at it anyway. It just gives them another level of being able to get up on the rush. And we all know that rush shots are, uh, have a, a higher chance of going in than, than the others. So any chance to get that team with their forward depth uh, on the rush, why the hell not? Yeah, it should be yeah, way more interesting now than uh, a week ago when we talked about them. Bastards. So, uh, but uh, uh, before we, we get to um, Tampa, I do want to say, thank God, Eric Carlson, you are out of there, man. <laughs> I've, I've been hoping for him to get out of there for, for so long. You're out. Go enjoy yourself. Like, you, you don't have to be in that toxic environment anymore. I mean, I think it would have been more interesting if he went to Vegas. But yeah, I, I will also say this, Mr. Carlson. Do not sign an extension until you hit the open market. You can always come, back, he, yeah. you can always come back to San Jose if you like it there. But don't not hear offers from other teams. You, you don't get to earn this opportunity enough. And quite frankly, you gave a lot of money away in your last deal. So go go get paid and probably find a pretty... He could get paid and be in a pretty damn good situation. Oh, yeah. So, and, and, yeah. I, I hope he Tavares is, 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 is it and at least looks. You got to. So... But if I'm San Jose, I, I definitely try to not make that happen. <laughs> so very good point. <laughs> um, we'll see. Um, so what do we got left? Just uh, two of the heavy hitters. Yep. So Tampa. I mean, still really good. There's not a lot to say. This this roster hasn't changed much from last year's awesome roster no has it you know it's it's still one of those rosters that could quite clearly win the division win the conference win the cup you know they've got a couple of decisions that they made that you sort of scratch your head at last year that are still hanging around um but you know the most interesting thing with this roster is the fact that Eisenman stood down to, to go and prepare himself to coach the Seattle Sasquatch. So, yeah. That is One, they damn well should be called the Seattle Sasquatch. <laughs> like, that is something I feel very strongly about. Although there are potentially some other cool names to do um, with Seattle that I've heard. Can't remember them off the top of my head. <laughs> damn it, I was hoping you could give them because I don't know what they've been. There's been a couple that I was like, oh, okay, that, that I get it. That's fine. But, come on. Merchandise. Pacific Northwest ma- with Bigfoot. Like, Think of all the masks you could put on everybody. Like, Yeah, you get Chewbacca painted mask for your goalie. It's. I hadn't even thought of that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's beyond good. And you definitely... I, I don't know if it's considered stealing if you're 
in the same city. I, I really like how Pittsburgh has that um, black and gold throughout their three teams. Yeah, I get what you mean. The Although coloring. Seattle has that same theme with their football and baseball, so I guess if the hockey were to break that, I'd be going against what I said I liked about Pittsburgh. But in this case, I would go with the Supersonics color scheme. All day. If they get that, All if day. they get that arena, if they get that arena though, the, they're going to get them back. The Supersonics, they'll the, yeah, they'll get the Sonics. That's fine. They can both have the same color scheme. Exactly. But I think that's that should exactly be the right. color scheme. Absolutely. There aren't yeah, any yeah, yeah. green and gold teams, or green and gold dominant. Like, yeah, Dallas. Dallas has been green and gold, but not. It's been Vegas gold, not. And it hasn't been that green either. Because if the Sonics came back, I'd love them to go back to their original uniforms. So not the uniforms that they had when they wrapped up, but the ones that they had in the early 90s. And that green and gold, I think, would work yeah, on, not the as a hockey green, jersey. Yeah, the, the green green. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, yeah it, it, I can't believe we're talking about the expansion team that doesn't exist. It shows you how... Nothing's really happened with this Tampa team. It's very, very Pittsburgh-like. It's pretty much the same crew that's coming back. Which, good. Good for them. Yeah, I, I just absolutely. don't have unique takes on it. No, um, and it's the most exciting thing about it. I mean, he'll probably end up at Detroit. No, But he's I got, think that would be I stupid. Mean, that Detroit team is just so many shitty contracts. And I know he lives there. I know, like, he got into... I think at first when he got into this, he thought he would be taking over for Holland until the, the Tampa situation kind of was perfectly timed for him. Like, situation and availability. Yeah. Because Holland re-upped. But, man, how many times do you get to start a team from scratch? And, I mean, look at look at the... You know what legacy I mean? Repu- yeah, well, look at the legacy reputation that's yeah, gone you- on tanks in Detroit like Detroit could suck with him with him doing an average job yeah I mean McPhee's reputation as a general manager is is skyrocketed because of what he's done in Vegas if you're a person that cares about your legacy of whatever it is you do and Eisenman seems to be somebody that does going to Vegas and doing it there considering what he's done here in Tampa would would help that the one fear I would have for any general manager going into the Seattle situation would be smarter GMs no guarantee of that or the rules are different that would be the two things I don't that, think the rules are I, being I think the rules are staying the same well then I you would get there and go half the league are idiots pretty good chance you'll rip them all off again anyway yeah that's, I, I want him to go to Seattle he's done a good job in Tampa he hasn't been uh, immune from the, the stupid shit that ever, all of them do, like <laughs> Girardi stuff, but he's generally kept the Titanic from not even coming close to the iceberg. No, he's done well. Like, people are get seasick once in a while because they choose the wrong path and the waves are what they are, but they're not hitting any icebergs that makes any damn sense at all. I know, absolutely. He's, he's 
Yeah. He's not Leonardo DiCaprioing this situation. No, that's that's exactly right. So, you know, it's totally interesting though. Uh, Breezebaugh, a name that has been thrown around forever, anytime a GM opening, and you know what? He waited it out, and he's going to inherit a really good situation, and it'll be really interesting to see just how you know analytically uh, it is perceived from the outside. Well, he's got to work around the edges now, and often that can be the part where general managers get themselves into but, a But ball. I don't think he... I, this is all... I hate getting into some of this because I don't I fucking know any of them personally. You know what I mean? But based yeah, on fine. what you read on a reputation, I'd be shocked if Breezebaugh was the kind that would give Girardi his contract, for example. Correct. Or Callahan and, his. Yeah, and this is this is the thing. You, you sit there with it, and it's like those decisions are the ones that allow you to get more depth in your roster because you're not burning money in areas that you shouldn't be, and, and being able to have, uh, you know, three really really good lines, and then you know two thirds or one third of a fourth line to be uh, okay. You're much better off rather than it, the the roster shortening up. So. Yeah, it's the edges. It's it's the thing that that worries me about um, guys like Rutherford, who are more old school in regards to the way they they look at a roster. Um, you the roster ends up getting shorter. You end up with a shorter bench because the skill's not there down the lineup. And these edges now for him because he's inheriting a ridiculously good roster in a really good spot. Yeah, definitely. So we we've got one more team, another great team, fascinating team. These guys will be disappointed if they don't win the division, I reckon. Yeah, I don't think it should necessarily be a disappointment, but I do agree that's probably their mindset. Because they will want home ice the whole way through. Because whenever they get to the second round, they don't want to be playing Boston. Or Tampa away from home, I reckon. And if you don't win the division, you're getting one of them in the first round. Which is just this playoff <laughs> system fucked. Uh, so, John Tavares, obviously. Pretty, oh, did he sign there, did he? Pretty cool pickup. Seems to be a good player. Um, <laughs> it's going to be really neat seeing him play in a charged up market it's it's funny when you you look at it you go you've got matthew's contract still in the green you've got marta's contract still in the green you've got kapanen's contract still in the green travis dermott's contract still in the green it feels very similar to pittsburgh when they made that 08 cup run with all the contracts being so low is more what i mean the yep. roster's constructed completely differently, in a, in a sense. But um, if this is a year for them to sort of go for it before they have to start making some hard decisions, this is it. Yeah. Now, the Nylander thing is the 
biggest thing on the table right now. Yeah, that's the spatter. They got the cap space this year to pay him though. Eight by seven. Do you do that? Has he earned? This- has has he earned enough trust to where you think he will perennially be a seven million dollar player? Because I think he might sign well, a I contract. Would- and I think you could I potentially save money over the long haul doing it that way. But I he's got to hit that level. That. Yep. But if you do, do, did you say seven by eight? Seven million for eight, uh, each year for eight years. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. That takes him through to thirty. Yeah. I, I would take that. I would take that gamble. That's that seems to be the the contract in my mind that I keep going back to is kind of a, almost a fair compromise for both sides. Absolutely. Because guys like him in three or four years are probably going to sign for more because the, the cap will continue to go up. And he probably knows this. So, you know... <laughs> It's and it's what interesting. You... The general manager, I think, has a good grip on things. So, it, it, it'll be interesting to see if if Dubis hardballs um, this does a bridge, does what um, we just suggested. I don't think it would go any higher than that. Do you think it would? Uh, his average would go up the shorter it gets. But not a so, ton. I don't... That's the thing. I just... I don't know. Like, do you think he holds out of... Like, he's, you know, not at camp, so... No, he's unsigned, so he's not at camp. But I don't think this is uh, your over-the-top holdout situation. This isn't, like, a Truba thing. Like, yeah. he wants he wants to be there. He... Well, that, and that's... His contract... That, that's the other thing with this team now. People want to go. People want to be there. It's not the shit show that it used to be in that market in the sense that the expectations of the fans and the uh, scrutiny of the media make it difficult to, to be a part of. This is a place you want to go and play in. All of that, like the media scrutiny still counts and the expectation of the fans is still there. But this team is somewhere where you'd want to go and play. Well, he's played 185 games. He's exactly at 2.0 points per 60 at even strength. And last year, he was uh, even better, if this would load. (laughs) He played... Let's see, sorry. What the hell is going on? I think he had a 2.32 points per 60 in 82 games. So, if you can sign him to that, 2.35. If you can sign him to that, that's pretty awesome. Yes, it is. And you crush your fingers and hope that they can. So... That's that's the intriguing thing happening right now. I guess also if he plays center or wing, because he is a center, just kind of the Reinhardt situation. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Uh, last year with Jake Gardner, potentially, Jake's gonna 
you know, somebody's going to give them a pretty damn good contract. And I could see them being hesitant. Even though I do think Gardner's good. But yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't see much else there, they, though. They feel pretty confident that Dermot's going to be able to replace what he offers. So... Going to have to, based on what I'm looking at. Yeah. But that's okay. You know, they might be able to coax Carlson. For the first time in forever, I do think you'll get the narrative players just want to come back home and play for Toronto. That won't be why. Well, it won't be the total driving reason because it's never been a thing. No. They're, they're a good and upcoming team that also happens to be in Toronto. So they may do okay in that second market, not July 1, the first week of free agency, but they may get the better deals on the leftover players in the years to come. And that's kind of what they need, though. They yeah, kind yes, of need, absolutely. You know, they've got all, all, the, all the big dollars are going to get tied up in the players that should, which is exactly what you want. It then comes down to how clever is the scouting, the, the, the pro scouting staff and the, the junior scouting staff in well, regards to... I mean, to, the Marlies have been good for years. They have. So are they going to be a, a team that they can find the Rusts and the Shearies that have proven that they can come up and fill the holes around the superstars that they're quite clearly got? This is a good. This is a good roster. This is a, a, a cup-winning roster. With if a couple of breaks fall their way, yeah. And who knows what kind of moves uh, can be made during the year? They have 14 million in cap space, uh, mind you, without Nylander. But even let's throw seven mil out there. Yeah, still they, got they seven. Get a, you, you were talking about a, how the Bruins having five was good. Yeah, they can get a, a, a top pairing defenseman with that, and they can get a top six forward with that if any of that is required so um just a fun team tampa fun team boston not as fun but that top line's pretty great those three teams are going to kick some ass this year i think and then you got buffalo florida pretty much buffalo and florida fighting for that fourth spot I don't think Detroit or Montreal or Ottawa is all that good. No, I so totally agree. Right? I mean, but, um, you know, Sabres on the rise. So this division is going to be pretty tricky the next few years because I don't see Tampa, Toronto, or Boston falling off a table. Now you got no. Buffalo creep, uh, creeping up there. Yeah, no, it really sucked to be in the eastern part of Canada right now. Because Montreal and Ottawa do not have good uh, prognosis. What does feel kind of good is that it feels as though, even with the expansion, the quality of the teams, the depth of the teams is getting better. Yeah. You know, they are going to have to, there's going to be one more team coming into the league. We know that, we, we fully understand that. But at least, you know, the, the argument against expansion has always been, well, the talent quality drops because obviously it gets dispersed. It feels as though 
the good teams can work out good talent and get it into their lineup and actually develop it. So hopefully this is a trend that starts to spread across the league and we can get a better quality of product, you know, in the middle of January when you have a team like, I don't know, Arizona playing Detroit in a game that doesn't matter. Yep. So I know we got to get you out. They're going to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> two divisions down, two to go. Um, I think the Atlantic certainly had a very newsworthy week. Um, so I think next week, what, Central? We might as well. I just, hopefully a trade will happen in the Central. It seems to be the way it goes. Um, and then we can do the, the Metro and the season All right. start. Taves, Thank God. Taves to Ottawa. <laughs> for stone <laughs> for stone <laughs> alright well they say end on the high note but we're just going to end So, you know where to find us I yep. really do have to get going so I am out of here thank you for tuning in see you next time goodbye